emergency bonus episode of the Rami LaVie podcast. The Knicks have won their ninth straight after a double overtime win in Boston behind Emmanuel Quickly's 55-minute performance in which he scored 38 points, had 8 rebounds, 7 assists. What a game from the Knicks. What a game from Emmanuel Quickly. We hit on a couple of other NBA topics. All that and a whole lot more on a shorter episode of the Rami LaVie podcast coming up right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. No notes. Freestyle. What did I just watch? I guess this is episode 140 of the Rami Lavi podcast. Welcome to everyone. Thank you for listening. The New York Knicks have just won their ninth consecutive game behind an incredible performance from Emmanuel Quickly. This is after Friday night. They win in Miami. These two wins back to back and really the last week for the Knicks is the run that I talked about, but even better. Today was the day, and I said this earlier to the, in the day to a friend, I said, this is where it ends. Remember when I had the podcast a couple years ago? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Me and my dad went on and talked about the Knicks in the 2020-2021 season. Um, I was the Julius Randle, most improved player year, blah, 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 etc. Um, the Knicks had won nine in a row, and then they were playing against Phoenix, and Phoenix were world beaters that year at Madison Square Garden. And I was like, well, they're not going to beat Phoenix, so let's do this podcast before the Phoenix game <laughs> so that we don't have to talk about it during the Phoenix game uh, because obviously the Phoenix game was going to be a loss, and I was actually at Camden Yards watching. I was already later in the season. It was Well, the season got delayed. It started later. Either way, not the point. The point is that I thought that this game was going to be a game that they would lose, but I was hoping they'd keep it close. I you know, wanted them to keep it within 10 to 12 points and just be in it, not get blown out. I didn't think this team was going to get blown out. There's something about this team against the Celtics, but then the Celtics take a 14-point lead in the third quarter, and it feels like they're starting to pull away, and Emmanuel quickly was like, no, this is not happening, and he took over at that point. Early on, it was R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett was handling the ball a lot, bringing it up. 
the whole game, Julius Randle contributed in big ways, although down the stretch, I don't love him calling for the ball. But even afterwards, he realized, okay, I need to back off a little bit. This is Emmanuel. Quickly, let him run the offense. Let him set everyone up. Let him get everyone in motion. That game was insane. And like I said, uh, the last week of Knicks basketballs, as you look back, I'm, I'm quickly going to pull up this tweet that I saw from, and this is funny also, when I start sending my father uh, tweets and start sharing him the tweets that uh, Tommy Beer sends out, then I know the Knicks are really doing well um, because that's what I was doing on a daily basis a couple of years ago. So Monday, obviously, Tatum rage quits in the blowout against the Celtics, right? The Knicks blow out the Celtics. Tatum essentially rage quits, that's, gets a technical and gets tossed from the game. Um, Wednesday, Brunson has 30 points in the first half and they just dominate. This is the game I talked about last time. You don't even remember that this team used to not be able to beat the Brooklyn Nets. I got to slow down, calm down. <laughs> I know I'm excited, but I got to calm down here. And then Friday, you have the double bang game. I didn't even talk about this. Miami. Uh, Randall, that was just the most Randall possession ever. Just the no, 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 yes. That used to be um, RJ Barrett, but now it's Julius Randall. He has 43 points in the game, and he has 40 at that point. And he he loses the ball twice and then just picks it up and chucks it. And Mike Breen gives the bang, bang, the double bang, which I think he's only done conflicting uh, uh, opinions on this. I thought it was only the fourth time he did it somebody told me it was the fifth the other times i know of are uh he did it i know for stephen curry against oklahoma city in the 73 win season where they couldn't lose to anyone they only lost nine times it looked like they were going to lose to okc in that game and then stephen curry pulled up from about 40 feet and nailed a three at the end of that game uh to win it it was also he had an eric gordon three in one of those crazy houston against golden state games all those years that those teams battled in the playoffs um and then Luka Doncic in the playoffs a step back in the bubble where he said there was no crowd noise so he felt like he had to make the call go a little bit longer and then this one I don't know if they're premeditated I don't know if he thinks oh my god I think it's just when he says the first bang it's like oh my god I got to do that again because that was so crazy and that Julius Randle shot was crazy it's always fun to beat the the heat always fun to beat Pat Riley and the picture of him like just looking on as Randle hit that shot was crazy and my thought after tonight because tonight was just insane was I need to call up WFAN and just talk to someone. I need to talk about this game. I need to just rant. I need to just blab. And I've been running my mouth on Twitter. I've been running my mouth on all my group chats that I'm in, talking to my sports fan friends, talking to my Nick fan friends. But I got to do it somewhere else. I got to just talk, not just text. And I remembered I have a podcast. And maybe I'll go on like Twitter spaces or something and just start talking about the Knicks um, because th- th- that's how I feel right now. I just want to talk about the Knicks. I want to talk about this team. I'm so excited. This team may never lose another game again. Um, they actually had a stretch the last 17, ga- 17 games of the season. I thought, okay, maybe they could go 10-7 and seven realistically in this stretch. And they win the first one the way they won the first one in Boston. They could be anyone. This team, that was without Jalen Brunson, the best player, the guy who clearly is the closer on this team. The guy who they clearly so very badly needed down the stretch. And yes, there were issues in this game. Their defensive rebounding, closing out defensive possessions. I actually forgot to, but I was going to bet on Al Horford threes because Mitchell Robinson just refuses to step out on shooters. But on the last three of the game, Mitchell Robinson does step out. But it was Emmanuel quickly. It was Emmanuel quickly the entire time. 55 minutes played. He sat for three minutes in the first half. And from that point on, he didn't sit for the rest of the game. Um, He came in at the end of the first half and then played the rest of the entire game, including two overtimes. And not only that, he had the most energy out there. He's running around galloping after every bucket he had in the fourth quarter. It was unbelievable in overtime also. And it was shot after shot. the, the, The one that tied the game at 121 to send it to double overtime. Every bucket was huge. The dunk down the lane. 
him uh, taking that big three in double overtime. It was just he took over this game. And on the defensive side, he had four steals and two blocks. But on the defensive side, he is constantly pointing to everyone, motioning, switching. The Knicks defense was swarming the entire, both overtimes. They were running around the way they were switching onto Smart. Everyone was switching on, on, on the picks. And everyone was rotating to get back to their man. It was unbelievable the way they were swarming around and just running around on defense with that kind of energy. And this is without Jalen Brunson. This is without the guy who's your closer, without the guy who is your all-star, who is your best player. Now, I know Randall is the all-star. Randall had 31 in this game. Don't get lost. Don't let that get lost. He had another crazy three to end the third quarter. But just an incredible game. And I just had to turn on the microphone and start talking. There, there's just some games that are like that. And Emmanuel quickly, his full stats, 55 minutes, 38 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks, he was a plus eight in a game that the Knicks won by two points, and he only there were only three minutes that he didn't play, so the team was minus six in the three minutes that he didn't play. Incredible also, and his defensive impact is as big as his offensive impact. It's, it's unreal. It's something that I haven't seen. I mean, this type of player, this is a guy who they were talking about trading at some point. I said, and this was the guy that I tweeted, I will not. I, that would be the last straw if they trade this guy. That would be the last straw, and that, this is why. The first thing after the game, obviously, is um, him talking about you know thanking his mom or whatever it was, or or he thanks God first, and then he shouts out his mom at the end of it. It's like this dude is perfect. This guy, it's not about him. Um, I heard a, a, Jalen Brunson was called something interesting. He's a superstar without the title. He's a superstar without the. Um, all the extra stuff that comes with it. He doesn't have the shoe deal. He doesn't have the, you know, all the crazy things around him. He doesn't have demanding trades whenever he wants. He's the superstar without the drama. And he's the perfect kind of superstar. He's exactly the kind of superstar um, that you want. And tonight, Emmanuel quickly was that superstar also. And this is a guy who, when he started, he's been incredible. So I, I knew that he was going to have a big game. I bet on all the overs on all his props. He, has averaged in the four previous games that Brunson was out, he averaged 43 minutes a game. So he's been doing this. It's not like he hasn't done this. He was averaging 43 minutes and 20 plus points and uh, I think eight plus assists and five plus rebounds in games that Brunson sits. So this is not, you, this is not unique for Emmanuel quickly, but him doing it on a national TV game in TD garden in Boston with Brunson, with Brown and uh, Tatum both playing. There's no excuse for that anymore. Um, and Richard Jefferson and JJ Redick and Ryan Rucco, who are good, they're really good. They just are not, they don't like the Knicks. It's obvious they don't like the Knicks, but they're really a good broadcast team with the three of them on the call talking about it. It was just awesome to see. It was awesome to watch. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, even if they would have lost that game, only because they had a seven point lead, I guess, with about a minute left, it would have been frustrating if they lost. But still, even if they lost that game, like it, the, the effort that they put in was incredible. The fact that they didn't go away when they went down 14 in the third quarter, they came back, they ultimately took a huge lead in the fourth quarter. Every aspect of it, like I said, I said this on Twitter, it's the win of the year, it's the game of the year. Um, and it was just, there are no words to describe, you know. It felt like the refs were against them all game. Also, there was just so many parts of this game, and yet they come back and win. Um, so yeah, the Knicks. I don't, I don't know what else to say because every time I think this team has reached its peak, and 
I talked about this also because I don't I'm not the, one of the people who's like kind of looking forward to the next thing like oh well, what's going to happen next what are they going to do in free agency who's the superstar they can add all those things I'm not looking for that but every time this team I think you know does something incredible that I enjoy they do something else that exceeds my expectation that makes me even more excited about them and so that's why I've really enjoyed this team and um I'm just like I'm thrilled. The next game is at home against the Hornets. That should be, you know, they should win that game. Maybe a little bit of a letdown game. Um, hopefully not though. There's no Lamelo Ball, obviously, with his injury, um, and so they should be able to handle the Hornets at home. And then they go on a, a tough road trip. It starts on Thursday night in Sacramento, and then they go back to back Saturday and Sunday in LA against the Clippers and Lakers, and then Tuesday in Portland before coming back home to face one of the best teams in the league, the Nuggets. Um, so this stretch is going to be a tough, tough stretch. You know, like I said, I think they should win, but maybe a little bit of a letdown against the Hornets and then the West coast trip against the Kings who have, you know, outperformed what they were expected to do. The Clippers who, uh, right now are playing a tough game against Memphis. Who's going through hell right now. Um, and I'm not going to get into that. If you want, you can go listen. I pointed this out to my friends. I was like, exactly when the national broadcast joined the, the, uh, ESPN two broadcast or whatever it was of the later game that's when mike jvg and uh, mark jackson started talking about the john moran situation and lisa salters also chimed in you could go listen to that they did a f- fantastic job those guys are great i have nothing to add i don't know the situation i'm not involved in nba circles i, I don't know job ja personally i don't know anything about him and i'm not gonna speak to that um but it's gonna be a tough stretch like i said that that was just my point was that, that the clippers are playing right now against memphis in a close game's five-point game um Midway through the third quarter, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, you'll know what happened in that game, I assume. Um, but yeah, it's it's not getting easier from here for the Knicks. But this was the type of game that proved that if they could win this game, if they could win this shorthanded without Brunson, if they could win a game in Boston against arguably the best team in the East, who I, I don't think they are the best team in the East. I, I still think Milwaukee is the best team in the East for one simple one simple reason, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo, and we'll talk about them in a second. Um, if they can do that, they prove that they can beat anyone, and in a series, it's tough. Yeah, you have to win four of the seven games. What's that, three in a row against Boston? I mean, two of them were in Boston? You're telling me that they can't beat the Celtics in a series? I just won't accept that, that they can't beat the Celtics in a series, because I've just seen them beat the Celtics three times in a row. The one in Madison Square Garden was a blowout, and the other two... They won. Now, granted, in any of those games, I don't think the Celtics were fully healthy in any of those games, but neither were the Knicks. I'm sorry. You could talk about they didn't have Malcolm Brogdon tonight, but the Knicks didn't have Jalen Brunson. And I think Brogdon and Brunson, Brunson's more important to what the Knicks do than Brogdon is to what the Celtics do, as important as Brogdon has been. And he's obviously getting, you know, he's the number one leading candidate for sixth man of the year right now, although Emmanuel quickly after that game last night might overtake him. But deservingly so, um, Brogdon is the top candidate right now for sixth man of the year. Um, other things, other points I want to talk about. I did mention that I was going to do a career podcast, but I don't know if you hear, I'm, I, my voice is gone. I'm sick with the wedding and everything going on. Just a lot of stuff going on. Um, my voice hasn't been perfect, so I'll try and do it at some point this week. Uh, do the full career podcast. I, I really want to do it. Um, I did mention, I mentioned a couple things, but I mentioned the Clippers just a note on them. They've lost five consecutive games. Um, and I said that I didn't think the Russell Westbrook trade was a good idea. I did. I'm on record. I said, I don't think that's helping you. But all the people who are coming out and saying, oh, they're losing because of Russell Westbrook, 
again, this is just an instance of you taking a take that you had that you don't like Russell Westbrook and using stats and arbitrarily correlating those two things with each other. Russell Westbrook is not the reason they're losing games. They're not losing games because of him. They happen to be losing these games. And I'm the guy who said I didn't think it was a good idea. I'm not going to dance on his grave, though. He's not causing them to lose these games. Think about the games that they lost. They lost a crazy, what was it, double overtime game, 176 to 175 to the Kings, right? The next loss, they lose by 10, also in overtime to the Nuggets, one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. They lose um, by seven at home to Minnesota, who's a really good team. They got blown out by the Warriors, and then they lose again by one to the Kings on Friday night. And now the Grizzlies just tie the game against the Clippers, a shorthanded Grizzlies, very shorthanded Grizzlies. So the Clippers are having tough times pulling these games out, but they were in every single one of these games down to the wire other than the Warriors game. And so I don't see how you could possibly blame one guy who was an addition to this team who's been a positive impact so far for the team and say that he's the reason why they're losing. They have a bunch of new pieces that they brought in at the trade deadline. Eric Gordon, um, they brought in Mason Pumley. They brought in a bunch of guys. They're trying to go for it this year. And it looks like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are fully back to where they're capable of being. Paul George was quoted before the game saying he thinks this team is very capable of taking the next step. They're similar to the Rangers, in my opinion, the New York Rangers, who have struggled lately. And I know the Rangers are playing shorthanded with 11 forwards and and, and only five defensemen. But the Rangers are trying to force things a little bit, trying to integrate the new pieces to their lineup. It's the same thing with with um, with the Clippers. I trust that Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league is going to figure it out for the Clippers. Um, and he's going to uh, work it out for them, and they're uh, gonna, going to end up figuring it out and, and working it out. I'm, I'm not worried about... Um, I'm, not, I'm just not worried about the Clippers right now, and I, I, don't, I won't stand for people saying, oh, it's Russell Westbrook's fault. I do like the Lakers surging. They beat the Warriors today uh, without LeBron. I kind of like that narrative. The narrative is going to be, oh, can you imagine if this team gets hot? Imagine when LeBron gets back. I'm going to choose to have the narrative of oh my God, this team is better without LeBron. But that's because I'm a hater. That's what my father told me today. He's like, you're a LeBron hater. I'm like, I'm not a LeBron hater, but he says I am. So I am. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that. Um, also, Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. I have to talk about them because I just told you that the best team in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks, right? They've won 17 of the last 18 games. They had won 16 in a row. The one loss came on Saturday against the Philadelphia 76ers. And that was the best game I've seen of this 76er core play. This entire 76er core, go back however many years it was that Joel Embiid has been in the league, the Ben Simmons, the Jimmy Butler version, Tobias Harris version, and now the James Harden version. I have not seen this Philadelphia 76ers team have a more convincing win. Um, The thing is about that win was it was strictly... James Harden, who led them to victory. James Harden was doing everything. He was decisive. Um, he was effective. He was everything down the stretch. He was making all the plays. He was getting guys open shots. Doris Burke pointed out how there was a stretch. I think it was in, I want to say, um, in the at, at the end of the first half, where there were 25 points scored by either Maxi. 25 consecutive points scored by either Maxi Harden or Embiid. Um, and no one else scored during that stretch. And they needed other people to start scoring. And James Harden got other people involved. The transformation of his game, the point guard that he's become, and the way he's adapted himself 
to this Sixers team over the last few months has been one of the more impressive things. And this is for a guy who no one ever thought could change the way he plays. Um, and he did. And he has been one of the most impressive guys in the league and one of the most fun guys to watch um, this year. But my concern is, as amazing as Harden was, Embiid was lost for a lot of that time down the stretch. And while on the defensive end, he was excellent because he ended up taking Giannis for a lot of those late possessions. Um, and they win. They beat him. And and down the stretch, I thought it was the exact opposite, where all of a sudden Giannis was the one who was just going one-on-one to the rim every time. And that's fine. He's Giannis. And he almost it almost worked. They almost won. He was taking over every single time. Um, but Embiid, he misses two free throws down the stretch. He's hesitant on his shots. Even on that last three that he took to take the lead, he like he pump faked first and then hesitated and then shot it like it was such a good pass. Harden gets the double team and and passes it like over his shoulder or maybe it was behind the back something like that back to Embiid, and Embiid has the wide open look and he just hesitates for a second. There's no reason for him to hesitate. I just don't think he has that killer instinct. I I'm not gonna waver on that until I see something otherwise. I just think he has all the skill in the world, but he's not a killer the way a guy like James Harden in that game was. And James Harden, this is as good as I've seen him look just from a pure physical standpoint. His shot, his quickness, his ability to blow by people, his step back, everything that he was doing in that game is as good as I've seen James Harden look physically uh, in four years. And that team could be scary if he can be that, but they still need Embiid to be Embiid. Tobias Harris, another guy, just not a killer, doesn't have that killer instinct. He's but they're going to need him. They're going to need him. They're going to need Maxi. They're going to need all these guys. They're going to need the Yank. They're going to need these guys to step up. And I don't know if I trust these guys to step up in these huge games for them. Um, but they did it. They did it on Saturday against uh, the Bucks, And it was truly, truly impressive. Um, speaking of guys down the stretch of games, um, Phoenix and Dallas was an awesome game. Um, I hate how these games end where there's like just the last six seconds took 10 minutes and most of it was reviews and the other half of it was free throws it's just weird because after such a great game it's weird for it to end that way but the difference in that game also the same thing um yes Kevin Durant scored I think the last four or five six points for um for Phoenix at the end but they came off of he came off of a curl and was a catch and shoot jumper in in in, in rhythm he had a play where he drew a double team and kicked it to uh to Chris Paul for three there's other guys touching the ball and there's something to other guys touching the ball down the stretch. Even if it's Kevin Durant, who at the end of the day is the one scoring it, there's something to other guys being involved in the offense and just Luca driving into four guys in the lane every time, even though some of the time he scored and then got and ones or got fouled and went to the free throw line because he's so incredible. It happened so many times for him, but still it's not sustainable. It's not something that you could do repeatedly and win. Um, also, after he misses the layup, the layup rims out, right? He His first instinct is to just be frustrated with himself and react emotionally. It wasn't even a foul, so he wasn't like angry at the ref. He was just angry at himself. And it takes him an extra second or two to go foul Kevin Durant. And that's, you know, just precious seconds ticking off the clock because his head's not in the right place. It's, it's what I say. Sometimes great players have to learn how to win, but there's no one on that roster that's telling, and no one in that coaching staff either, I don't think, who's telling Luka Doncic, Get your teammates involved down the stretch. It'll do you good. So even with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving barely touched the ball down the stretch of this game because it was just Luka, 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 ISO, ISO, ISO. And that's just not, it's not a recipe to win uh, long-term. 
It was similar because I, I was talking to my father about this also today because it was similar to somebody posted a video of the Knicks last five minutes, five and a half minutes against um, against Miami where it was just all ISO. They Every bucket they had was ISO and it was either Randall or Brunson getting the bucket. And I don't remember the last time the Knicks had two players who could do that. I mean, I remember Carmelo Anthony obviously could just ISO at the end of every game and get buckets, but I don't remember the last time they had two guys who could do that, but it's still not sustainable. Even if you could get the, all those great shots, you saw tonight, it, it was a struggle every time in, in overtime to get good looks at the bucket and to get shots. You need movement late in games, and that's what Emmanuel quickly was so good. Anyway, um, my voice sounds terrible again. Um, I sound congested too, but I just wanted to do this bonus episode. One, to tell you guys to look out for the career episode coming up at some point. I, I promise it'll be uh, hopefully this week. Um, and also just... Uh, Wanted to talk about the Knicks. I felt like I, I needed to talk Knicks because that was awesome. So uh, thanks, guys, for allowing me to have this platform and being that place that I can go to talk about my favorite basketball team. And until next time, see ya. Let's go, Knicks. You were the best nights of my life. You got the light that always shines. I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I breathe your air when I land in another city I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Walks burning, we pray for rain in July. I want the Yankees 99 yeah. and the Knicks yeah. on a sold out night. When the curtains close and the Broadway streets are alive, hey. I need your heartbeat close. Don't you ever leave me? And I breathe your air when I land in another city. And I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones.
ain't changed at all, no. I ain't changed at all. Oh, I'm still young. 